Sandra. Sandra is my best friend on TikTok. <laughs> my Puerto Rican best friend on TikTok. I am so happy to meet this woman and talking online and just getting to know, um, you know, all this past year. So welcome, Sandra. Gracias. Thank you for having me. Of course, I'm really excited to, to have you. And I want to talk a little bit about you. We want to share with the audience uh, who Sandra is. So Sandra is a Puerto Rican woman who moved from the island in 1989 with hopes of returning to Puerto Rico one day, but never did. She now resides in Wisconsin, where she works as a medical billing specialist by day and as an actor on the site in community theater, semi-professional theater, and occasionally in film. She is the mother of two daughters, ages 23 and 17, and is on a quest to always learn new things and develop her spirituality, and is eager to share her experiences to inspire other women to know that it's never too late to do what you love and to learn new things in life. She resides in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, with her current husband, Michael, who is also a well-known actor and director in the southeastern Wisconsin area. That's how they met. Sandra, I really resonate with, with what you said. It is never too late. That is exactly how I feel. And, uh, and I think that's also what we relate to each other so much. So is this a philosophy that you've had throughout your life or have you changed that? Uh, talk to me about what, you know, when did you realize that you want to share with this with the world? Well, I never say that. Okay, that's another motto that I go by. And yeah, that's how you and I connected because I saw that you at later in life decided to release a song. And I'm like, this woman and I, that we are kindred spirits. <laughs> yes. So, um, yes, I started everything later in life. You know, while my friends were married with children, I was still single and living the life. I married later in my 30s and had my daughters at ages 35 and 40. So I believe truly that it's never too late to do the things that you want to do. Then at age 50, I was someone, a friend put the seed in my head of, why don't you try acting? And ever since then, and we can go into that a little bit more in detail later if you wish, but ever since then, I felt that, yeah, it's never too late. If you want to try something new in life, don't let society dictate if you are too young or too old to do those things, you can always start something new. You can always learn something new every day. And that's how I try to live my life. And I want to share and encourage women to do that too. That is amazing. And I 100% agree with you. I want to learn more about this acting journey. Is this something that your friend told you because she saw an actress in you? Have you tried acting maybe when you were little and then, you know, like it went dormant and then at 50 years old, you realize, right, this is, this is one of my colleagues. Is that, is that what happened? Okay. So in, when I was in eighth grade, I went to a private Catholic school in my hometown of Mayagüez, Puerto Rico. And in the eighth grade, we did a, we had a Christmas pageant and I had the lead of the Christmas pageant to where I was a little girl. I was in pajamas and <laughs> on stage with pigtails and freckles drawn in my face, and I was waiting for Santa Claus to arrive. And in this pageant, they showed uh, Christmas traditions from all around the world. So that was Christmas in eighth grade. So when I go to high school in ninth grade, there was a drama club there. 
And because I had done this thing in eighth grade, I thought, oh, that would be a great thing for me to do. But happened that, and no shade to my high school. I love my high school. I love my alma mater, okay? But this uh, drama club in my high school was a little bit exclusive and clicky. And I auditioned and I didn't feel exactly welcomed. Maybe I was, you know, I was a teenager. Uh, maybe I was insecure, but I didn't feel like it was a good fit. So I didn't pursue it any longer. So then uh, fast forward to 2015, my oldest daughter was involved in theater in her high school. And I went to see one of her shows. It was the Adams Family Musical. And I was sitting and I had met because my daughter had been involved at a local theater the year before. I had met some people at this local theater and I was with the artistic director who choreographed my daughter's show. And I was sitting with her doing the show and at intermission, I get up and I'm still singing and going like this with the music of the, of the musical. And she asked, have you ever thought of being in a show? And I laughed. I'm like, um, I haven't been on a stage since the eighth grade, which looking back wasn't exactly true because I had taken a Middle Eastern dance class in the early 2000s, and we had dance recitals with that class. So I had been technically on a stage, <laughs> but not in an acting capacity. So I said to her, I haven't been on a stage since the eighth grade. And she said, so what? You should give it a try. You should try and see. It's fun. You know, it's community theater. Everybody's welcome. And at first I was like, do I really want to do this? But then I thought about it. I looked into it. I started to do a lot of research online on how to audition, how to prepare, uh, do's and don'ts of actors that actors should do. And I contacted a voice coach, voice teacher, and I went to her and I said, I want you to find me a song that I can use for an audition and pre help me prepare for it because I don't want to embarrass myself. And if you feel like I should not at all be singing in a show, I accept that, you know, I accept my limitations. But she found me a song and she helped me prepare and I went on audition and I got the part. And here we are in 2023, eight years later and 22 shows later. <laughs> that is amazing. I love it. I love it. It has been an incredible journey. Um, I have done uh, anything from musicals, which was where I started. I've done a few of those. I've done straight plays where, you know, I'm a, a character with lots of lines or not that many lines, but I've done uh, performance pieces that are devised, which that, that means that there's a group of people that collaborate and create the piece. It's not a traditional script but a piece that is created right there. Um, and stage readings, um, where you don't have to memorize the entire script. It's, it's more, everybody stands around on the stage with a stand and reads from the script. You don't have to memorize, but you still want to infuse life to a character. And I've done um, film. I've been an extra in about three films. So yeah. That is impressive. I mean, eight years and you've done all of this. Yes. I want to ask, do you think that because this group that was exclusive and did not welcome you when you were eight years old, do you think that 
the inner child, that child, Sandra, uh, lost hope and, you know, just didn't feel like this was, there was a place for her in acting because of that? Uh, that's possible. That's possible that I uh, put that aside. Put that uh, it was in in it was in ninth grade. Uh, I put that aside. I I said there's no room here for me, so I'm going to leave that out of my life in the back burner. And I really um, I actually once in Puerto Rico, but this was like a matter of luck more. Uh, I had a friend that worked for a, a publicity agency, a PR agency, public relations, and she was looking for a woman in her 40s to do a commercial for a local breast care clinic. And she wanted my mother to do it. But my mother is like, I'm not going to do that. So I said, you know, if I dress appropriately and do makeup and hair appropriately, I can pass as older. Because that I had that issue when I was really young, I could pass as older and now I can pass as younger. That's great. But at the time, I said, I can do this if I, you know. So I did it. So that was... The only time that I had a stint with acting in TV in Puerto Rico in a commercial that aired at 10.30 at night and nobody saw, you know. But I, I had friends because I would go somewhere, like a club, and friends were like, Te vi en la pantalla, chica. I saw you on the small screen. That is hilarious. So, but, you know, like, that just makes me feel like acting was always around you. Yes. No, you just always in the background. Yeah, it was in the background, but it was also around you, and it was all always there. Yes. Um, it was just waiting for you to, to sort of realize and open, like, okay, I'm ready. Yes. Yes. And that's what happened with you at 50, and that's yeah. amazing. Yes, it is amazing. It has been a great experience. I have met so many great people, amazing people that are supportive in the, the, the theater community in Milwaukee is, uh, it's not small. I wouldn't say it's small, but it's tight knit. And it, almost everybody knows everybody or have heard, like if you mention a name, either you know them personally, or you have seen them on stage, or at least you have heard of them, you know mm -hmm. who they are. So it is amazing to have that network here. And we have some small community theaters. Like some people say, oh, community theater. But we have some community theaters that do excellent, almost like professional caliber work. So I'm very proud of have been part, having been part of these groups all these years because it's, it's an amazing journey and I love it. Beautiful. I mean, I've seen in general, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't think it's, it's an easy task. I mean, it requires time for you to learn the lines. It requires time for you to research the character, you know, time to rehearse, time to meet and practice and practice. Yeah. It's a lot. I mean, I, my, my mom uh, was an English teacher, but she also did a lot of theater. And I was always the child around and observing and do, even doing things with her. So, um, and, and I did a couple of theater, uh, place as well but i realized it's a lot of work even if it's community you know if it's even if it's community theater no you know people who, who look down or people who think like hey you know like they don't really know what's going on they don't really know what's behind it and the amount of time and dedication that it takes for someone to do that so you know i think it's just wonderful and so to that i wanted to ask you because you are a medical benign specialist mm -hmm. 
So, and then you are a mother. Yes. And, you know, and then you have a relationship, right? You have your husband, you, yes. you spend time together. Uh, what is it like balancing all of this uh, and, you know, being creative at the same time? Well, my, you, my daughters, it helps that they're older now. They were still a lot younger when I started, when this journey started. But um, you just have to manage your schedule and make sure that one thing doesn't conflict with the other. Um, like, I know that right now with my youngest daughter, I have to drive her to dance class at a different city, which is a 20 minute drive from here and, and 20 minutes back. So it's 40 minutes I just spend driving every time she goes to this. So when I audition for a show and they ask you for a list of your conflicts, I specify this night I cannot be at rehearsal for this reason. If they cannot deal with that, then they need to cast someone that that doesn't have that conflict. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? So you have to put your priorities in check when you do this type of thing. The other aspect of this is that when it's community theater, you don't get paid. You get paid in semi-professional and professional settings, but community theater is usually volunteer. Um, so, and some some companies, some theater, smaller theater companies will pay what is a stipend, which means that after they cover all their costs, what is left from ticket sales is split among the cast. So a lot of people question, why are you doing this with your free time if you're not getting paid? Well, I do it for the love of it. I don't do it for the money. So it's prioritizing and knowing what is it that you're doing that is good for you. It's self-care too. So I just, you know, I know I work a certain schedule. If I know that I want to work on my character extra, I can either take some time off for some vacation and then work on that character. I tend to take off the afternoon of opening night when I'm opening a show because that makes me feel more relaxed on opening night. So yeah, you have to juggle time between family and friends. And fortunately, my current husband is very understanding because he is in the same boat. That's true. That's true. So that's how you met. Yes. So can you uh, can you share with us a little bit about how, how when that happened, how that happened? It is really funny because... Um, so I met him, as I mentioned before, my daughter had been involved in that theater uh, playhouse before I started all of this. And um, when she was involved there, I volunteered backstage. And then I went and volunteered at the light booth for a show. And I was introduced to the director of this show, which is my now husband. But he, for two years, every time there was something at the theater that I volunteered or I went to see, I would run into this gentleman and he never remembered who I was. Never. I oh, see. Yeah, we met before. Remember me? Hi. You know? <laughs> he never remembered me until the one time when I was auditioning for Fiddler in the Roof. Then um, I, we saw each other and he remembered me. And since then, um, we did Fiddler on the Roof. And then the week that we have Tech Week for Fiddler, there were auditions for a show he was directing. And they needed more adults because it had a big children's cast, but it didn't have enough adults yet. So we are in tech rehearsal for Fiddler in costume 
And when it's intermission for that show, we go, we went, a, a, lot, a bunch of us went an audition for his show. So that's how I, then I ended in a show that he directed. And we got to know each other. We became friends. And then when I separated from my husband, we became even more closer friends. And then. And the rest is history. <laughs> hey, you know, it's the, yeah. the love of, of sharing things that, that you enjoy doing. Exactly. Exactly. And, and what would have happened if I had never accepted that role? My life yeah. would be completely different now. Because I'm not saying that my ex, my former husband is not, was not supportive, but there's more support now. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> Beautiful. Love it. Yeah. 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 So you have two daughters, right? Two daughters. Mm -hmm. um, it sounds like they're also creative. Are both yeah. of them? So of them. was the oldest daughter the, the one that was doing the play? And then yes. she okay. did the other, um, she, when um, our high school, the high school that they went to, did a, a production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. She auditioned and got a part in the children's choir when she was in eighth grade. And then since then, she did about five, six shows uh, until 10th grade. And then she stopped because she became really busy with schooling and things like that. Uh, my youngest has been a dancer since she was really little and uh, has been dancing all, all, you know, she does ballet. And this year she has a really heavy load because it's her senior year of high school. So she has a really heavy load in her classes. So she's doing only ballet, which is twice a week. But for the last few years, she was going to dance class three times a week for dance, jazz and tap and modern dance and every, all the dances. So really busy and she's very disciplined. She's very talented. She's a beautiful dancer and very dedicated to the craft. She practices her choreographies for recital at home. She stretches every day, very dedicated. So yeah, they both are in the, have been, and they're good, you know, they do visual arts too. They draw and paint. And... So the whole package. Yeah, the whole package. They're very creative and I, I love it. I love that they are that way. Are you worried that they might lose, you know, contact with the arts? You know, had repeat the same his the same story that you had and then not or do you do you wanna make sure like are you are you planning to remind them, like never forget, or how how do you see them going into the world and uh, and using this? I would love for them to stay in the arts. That's obviously something I love. And if they decide that that's what they want for their life, that would be great. But I no, I try not to interfere. I am very much for breaking generational curses and um, not making the same mistakes our parents made or, you know, older generations made. So I want, I don't want them, I don't want to interfere. I don't want to tell them, do this or do that. You do with your life what you feel is best for you. My oldest daughter moved out east and um, people ask me, how you feel about that? I'm like, is their life. Children grow up and they have wings and they fly away. I did the same at her, at almost the same age she did. So... I cannot 
say, no, don't go. You have to grow and fly and be your own person. It's, it's tough. Of course, I miss her. It's my daughter, but they have- Well, she's, she's really lucky to have you. Uh, I mean, and, and when, when you talk about uh, family curses, that's in families intervening, it's very true. And definitely in our Hispanic culture. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, especially Hispanic culture, right? You, like you're either a lawyer, a doctor, or a disappointment to the family. Exactly. So, um, so it's it's beautiful that you can be, uh, you know, a support for your daughters in in a way that a lot of us would have wished to have. Yes. Right. Yes, and if they, you know, whatever they decide to do, I'm here for for them. My door is open. They can do whatever. You know, it's. It's their life. I love it. So we're running out of time, but I wanted to talk to you about Puerto Rico. And, you know, in your bio, you said you you hope and you you wish going back at some point in your life, but you never did. Yes. Why is that? And do you miss your island? Like, Do you ever maybe at some point when you retire or is that no longer a dream? So when I first moved here, the plan was go to college and then um, work a few years and then go back. I A few years went by, I got married. And then when my stepfather was ill, I went and to help my mother. I went, my oldest daughter was not even two years old. And I spent two months in a summer in Puerto Rico after living here for a number of years. And after that time, those two months that I spent there, I decided I don't think I can live here again. You get used to the lifestyle here and how things work and how the systems are in place in here. And life down there is a little different to me now. I love my island. I love my people. I will never forget where I come from but I don't know that I can live there again. Again, never say never. Possibilities are, you know, that I may change my mind in a few years when I finally decide to retire. Um, But as it stands right now, I love to go visit. I love to go hang out at the beach, but I always want to come. My life is here now. I've been here longer now than I was there when I was growing up. That sounds like exactly what happened to me as well. I returned home, then uh-huh. real, realized that, nope, this wasn't for me, and, and then we'll back. Yeah. What, what is something that you want to share with people that are listening to us about Latinidad or about, you know, Puerto Rico being a Rico in Wisconsin? What, what do you want to share with our audience? So I will circle this back to the theater because if you want if anybody wants to try something new like I did with acting there's always two things that are like for a person like me at least are a little bit of um, not an obstacle but a little bit of a pebble on the road um, is typecasting and the accent okay so as someone that moved to the states as an adult if I ever wanted to lose my accent, I would have to work with a speech therapist. And sometimes 
that may work against me when I go for an audition. If the director doesn't mind that the role that I that they're giving me has an accent, fine. But in some cases, they do, or they want you to have a more Wisconsin accent, or they want you to have a Southern accent or a British accent. I've done British accents, and they turn out okay, but my accent, natural accent, still comes through. So I watch um, a special with Raul Julia. You know who Raul Julia is? Uh, he was in Adam's Family. He was, uh, but before Adam's Family, he was a famous Broadway actor from Puerto Rico. He grew up and went to school in Puerto Rico. And he said something in that documentary that really struck me because I was already doing theater when I saw this. And he said, here I am, the first Puerto Rican actor doing Shakespeare in New York City with a Puerto Rican accent. And that totally blew me away. And I'm like, I don't worry about my accent anymore when I go to an audition. If they want me, fine. If they don't, don't give me that role. I don't mind. It's okay. There's other roles. The other thing is typecasting. So the, in my last show, I was an immigrant from Europe. So because I have the accent, it was easier for me to get that role. From Europe could be from Spain. So a lot of uh, people from other ethnicities worry that they're only called when there's a character in a script that ma matches their ethnicity. And I say, why not? There's not that many roles that portray and embrace our ethnicity. So why not go and embrace that? If I get an opportunity, so if a director says, why don't you come and audition for me because I have a character that is Hispanic or sp speaks Spanish, then go do it. There's nothing wrong with that. It's better. You are showcasing who you are in that ca in that thing. So that's embracing where you come from. That's embracing your Latinidad. Just do the character that is going to show who you are. Great. So for everyone listening, it's okay to embrace and it's okay to represent who you are. Exactly. And it's never too late to try new things. Never. Don't be afraid of your accents. No. Don't be afraid that people are going to reject you. I mean, some people might say no, some people might say yes. Exactly. And that's something that comes with the territory of the acting, you know, journey. You know, there's going to be rejections and that's fine. Sandra, this was so wonderful. Thank you for sharing a piece of you with me. And thank you for talking to us about acting, about starting new things You, when you're older, uh, sharing about your daughters and letting us know that it's really important to be proud of where you come from and to never forget. Exactly. Thank you so much for having me. It has been a joy to be here with you. Thank you. <laughs>